0: Welcome to our Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel, a transformative leader and executive coach in areas of public policy, social change, and spiritual entrepreneurship. We understand that today's life and social challenges require a more holistic approach, including spiritual tools, thoughtful dialogue, and of course, community building. Join us in the conversation. Today I'd like to talk about the three steps that we can move through in our life to develop spiritual resilience. Resilience is our capacity to recover quickly from difficulties by developing our own toughness. It's our ability to bounce back. You've certainly heard about it in terms of physical resilience which is a person's ability to respond to a stressful situation or an accident. And it's a question of how they can come back from the injury. And we're also taught, if you want to be physically resilient, you need to exercise, you need to eat healthy, you need to manage your stress, and you need to get a good night's sleep. So we're, we're familiar with it in the physical sense, and there's some knowledge of it in the mental sense, mental resilience, is divine as a person's ability to adapt to disruption and uncertainty and it makes us calmer and more flexible during times of crisis with an ability to move forward after setbacks. So that's kind of physical resilience, mental resilience. Something not talked about much at all but is very important is spiritual resilience. Spiritual resilience is definitely connected to both physical and mental resilience. Uh, These are all connected because we're one whole body, mind, body, spirit. And this is more about developing or sustaining a sense of yourself and your purpose when you're encountering anxiety and adversity. Uh, It's done through developing people who develop set of beliefs, principles, or values that make them um, well resilient in a crisis. Spiritual resilience is our ability to bounce back from deep anxiety, a loss of meaning, a loss of purpose. And when we successfully navigate these life crises, it leads us to new wisdom as we advance to a new level of spiritual evolution in our life and a closer relationship with God. The problem is our culture really doesn't teach anything at all about spiritual resilience and the fact that we could be suffering in it, and so we don't really have the tools. So I'm hoping to kind of bring out some tools that we could use and possibly teach um, in this area. This is an important skill set to develop, and it's sad that it has been lost. Uh, Spiritual resilience has been taught in all religions through all the centuries, but not in the last, you know, 200 years very much at all. And our rising generation is suffering very deep anxiety And I believe that spiritual resilience will help them get through it. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, but the data is really startling among our rising generation. And it's very concerning. Um, One recent study showed that 15- and 16-year-olds reported that they are frequently anxious and depressed. And that has doubled in the number of kids saying that over 30 years, so this is a relatively new phenomenon. It's quite different. It's not like, well, kids will have trouble. This is really off the charts. Another study points out that 91% of Gen Z members said they are, they've experienced at least one physical or emotional symptoms because of stress and a feeling depressed or sad, lacking motivation, interest, or energy. Another study showed that individuals 18 to 25 report serious psychological distress, which includes feeling nervous, hopeless, and that has increased, are you ready for this, by 71% from 2008 to 2017. So again, these are really new and dramatically concerning numbers. We really face a crisis as we're responsible for bringing this next generation into, into life, and for those of us who are older, we have not done a good job Of reducing stress and anxiety. So the question is why? Um, And experts, you know, I read a lot of experts to figure out what everybody says, you know, and everybody has a theory, and every parent has a theory, and you have a theory, uh, but the experts really aren't sure exactly what is happening. Um, One of the reasons I think that they can't see all of it is they don't have a spiritual lens right now to examine the problem. I think there's a spiritual dynamic to it. But um, the most common explanation that the experts that I've read have talked about dysfunctional families. So first of all, your family is in bad shape, so families are falling apart. That makes it tough for kids that are growing up in those families. Um, But also the fact that they're sleeping less, uh, they have less time with friends face to face, and of course more time with digital media is another factor. But another really important problem um, that's leading to anxiety with kids is that we are not doing a great job of teaching young people how to navigate conflict and anxiety. In fact we're teaching young people how to avoid it. Particularly well-meaning parents and adults with a desire to protect their kids from suffering become helicopter parents rushing in to resolve every problem instead of allowing kids to learn the skills in their own life, how to overcome life's challenges. Results show that uh, um, higher overall scores from helicopter parents were associated with symptoms of anxiety and depression. According to one study, um, and they used the phrase helicopter parenting, was uh, associated with poor functioning in emotional functioning, decision making, and academic functioning among kids. Another study concurred. Saying our research showed that children with helicopter parents are less able to deal with the challenging demands of growing up, especially with navigating complex school environments. So we know we no longer really uh, these are these would be the 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 psychological conclusions that we're really not developing resilience in young people because we're trying to protect them from it, which is actually uh, not a blessing, but it's a curse. I'd add that we're also not teaching young people about that they have souls, that they are spirits, that that language is um, very, very uncomfortable for a secular, modern, sophisticated scientific society. And so we're also not uh, giving them that worldview to navigate. The worldview or the narrative I believe that we're giving young people right now uh, would lead me to depression. (laughs) It goes something like this work hard in school, go to school, so you can get into another school. Um, you'll probably have to go into debt, and then you'll do that to get a good job, and so get a good job that pays well, because you'll need that money to pay that back your debts, and you'll go into debt to get a place, so make a lot of money, fall in love, maybe get married, and then make enough money that you can take uh, vacations to escape the, the, the life that you have. Um, Don't forget your kids, have fun with them, and then, by the way, make money so that you can pay off any debts that you have. Raise your family, save some more money, put money away for your retirement, uh, then retire, and then you can do fun things. And live out your last years in retirement, but save enough money for your health care, and then you die. And that's it. That's all there is. That's a pretty depressing narrative, I think, uh, and it's a new narrative and it talks nothing about your soul or a life after this, or there's a meaning bigger than this life, um, and that um, making money, is, as we talked about last week, is very important. You have to take care of yourself, it, it, but it cannot be the driving force uh, for, a, for a happy life. So I, I just find that, that narrative that we're also giving to young people a very stressful narrative. And then the fact that we're also protecting them from conflict is, is also not working very well. Now, I mentioned at the beginning uh, at the service that Artem, who is Katarina's nephew, um, we were set to do a call yesterday. He is, uh, I think, 19, but we'll get the exact age um, in the discussion, I think about 19 or 20. Um, lives in Florida. He's on the call. To, he's at the service today, so he can, he can correct anything that I, I didn't get right. But he's a deep spiritual thinker, and he had a lot of questions. And so, you know, writing my sermon, being a minister, of course, I took the advantage of asking him questions, because this was perfect for this topic. So I asked him about his generation, and I said, why do you think these stress levels are off the charts? And his responses were quite brilliant. Uh, I didn't tell him any of the reading or studying I had done, and so unprompted, this is what he summed up in three things. He said, one, Adults aren't teaching kids how to figure things out themselves, but instead they're solving problems for them. Two, many families are dysfunctional. Three, no one is giving them instruction in faith, really, that offers them any meaning or purpose. So thank you, Artem. Your, your assessment kind of sums up a lot of the research. I shared with him a study that I've recently read by uh, a psychologist, Dr. Keith Witt, who said something I had not heard before, but makes perfect sense. That between the ages of like 17 and 22, young young people are developing their spiritual self. They are asking big questions about what's the meaning and the purpose of life as they break away from their family and think about their own life and what their own trajectory will be. And what's startling, of course, or not surprising, is churches are dwindling. And houses of faith across the board are dwindling. There's not many people to give them advice on this. Um, Interestingly, there are other studies that have just come out this last year that show young people who are resilient. The common theme was they had a connection to a faith community. This was regardless of what religion it was. It was regardless of the class, um, the income levels of the young people, but being connected to a a faith community uh, had built more resilience. That study corresponds to another study that shows that people during the pandemic, obviously depression went way up, but the only group that kind of maintained itself were people who actively attended a faith community gathering on a regular basis. So there's something there about spiritual resilience that we're not really sharing in the culture. Most young people, when I ask them, where are you getting your lessons on spirituality or meaning or purpose? Most of them are turning to YouTube for answers, um, or um, Reddit or online uh, programs and conversation with friends. But without spiritual resilience skills, they are ill-prepared for what life will throw at them. The, The fragile mindset that they're being baked in is not open to new perspectives or countering opinions, and that equates, uh, they very often equate hearing opinions they disagree with as physical violence. And uh, we've developed a a cancel culture where you say, like, I don't agree with you, so I can't hear you, which again is very fragile and it's not healthy for um, our society in a moment of political polarization. So what, is, what are some steps about spiritual resilience that we could teach ourselves and we could pass on to this generation as they think about these things and encounter conflicts? Because life will bring you conflicts. Um, nobody will get out of this life without suffering, without conflict, without challenges, I promise. So if that's the case, what are ways that we can develop spiritual resilience? Well, there are many ancient practices, most religions in the world have a process, or steps, or ways to move through it. Um, and traditionally they would have, uh, they wouldn't be called resilience, but or, or, they'd more likely be called regeneration or repentance. Um, ancient words kind of for us today, but that's what they were getting at. Today we might call that spiritual transformation or spiritual resilience, but it's really the same thing we just need to update the language because the lessons are still very helpful. So what are these three steps that we could use in our lives to build resilience? The first one is awareness. This is the key to all spiritual growth and I've preached an entire sermon on this topic but if you are not self-aware, if you refuse to be self-aware, if you cut out any feedback on yourself, you're not gonna be able to grow. That's just point fact. And uh, frankly, we all sort of resist our self-awareness. We, we kind of, we're really good at analyzing other people's faults, <laughs> but kind of looking at ourselves, well, not, not, that's harder. So this first hard step is the key. And that's our chance to really look at our shortcomings. And we can only grow to the degree that we can change. And we can only change if we can see it. Um, This is a phase where we see something in our our life that is not good and we want to change it. And at this phase we say, you know, to God, I want to grow. I want to be a better person. I'm looking at my shadow side. I want to see it. And usually this uh, work involves identifying um, old beliefs, old habits, old experience, old traits that we have and saying are they really working for me so the way this awareness usually happens is for some people who are very spiritually uh, precocious they'll journal and they'll be looking at their shortcomings and they'll engage with other people um, and they'll say what do i want to change now that's a very small subset of the population most of us will avoid our shortcomings And they will appear to us in conflict, both conflict within ourselves or conflict with others. That is usually where we become aware. So spiritual resilience means developing an open mind to look at every hassle, disruption, anxiety, relationship crisis, and ask, is there a way I can grow in this?" We're certainly given the chance to do the same thing over and over, but we can say, how do I break cycles of the way I've things in the past? I want to move to a different level. Uh, again, Artem mentioned in our call yesterday, quite, quite um, smartly, he said, when my generation faces conflicts, we've learned to give up, trying to move up, and instead we go down the spiral and embrace our position down there. And that's interesting. Swedenborg describes the process of spiritual growth that we're describing as a spiral. So I thought that was a really interesting choice of words that he used. So in the same way that we engage in physical activity, it's gonna be a little bit of pain. We're gonna have to add some weights. We're gonna add a challenge to develop physical resilience, we can also look to conflicts in our life, disruption, confusion, and seek those moments as a time for developing resilience, facing the obstacles, dealing with the challenges, and figuring how we can bounce back. So it's going to be our nature to avoid these conflicts and crisis. And as we've talked about this younger generation, they are they have been taught that the best way to get through conflict is to avoid it. Unfortunately, that's not going to work and it makes them more fragile. So we have to actually find ways to help them also um, reframe conflict and not look at it as something that we absolutely need to avoid, but something that's going to come in life. Um, Very often we pride ourselves to the degree that we lack any conflict in our life. My life is great. There's no conflict. Everybody thinks great. That's a warning sign, really. If you're avoiding all conflict, that means you're probably pleasing other people and other situations and not really looking more deeply at yourself. So it can be very hard to face ourselves and the forces of darkness that dwell near us at times, and they will seek to keep us unaware. But awareness is the key. It takes humility to be open to constructive feedback and face ourselves. And, and that, and that's the moment where we say, you know, the old survival techniques that I've used are outdated. I need to evolve. We acknowledge that what got us here won't get us there. And this is the first step. We become aware that we need to change. Okay, so the next step. Now we're aware. We're aware that there's something we need to change in our life. And then the second step is we seek to really change, okay? In this phase, we seek God's guidance, recognizing that we are with a divine loving force that wants nothing but good for us and wants us to seek to change for the better. So at this phase, we do some learning. We ask friends uh, for the ways that they've grown, for strategies they've worked through things. We study sacred texts. We seek, we seek out uh, people with a good spiritual life and ask their advice. We pray, we meditate, we begin the hard work of taking the things that aren't going well and seeking guidance on how to change our life. We ask this question, what must I do to change this part of myself for the better? Through those conflicts that I talked about during awareness, we're given a chance at this phase to imagine a new story about ourselves instead of the old story and the old patterns. We have a new approach and we can see ourselves in a new light. For many of us we actually need to review our life story and we rewrite it. We kind of say well this is this pattern and this was this pattern but I'm not that and this is not that and it's not their fault and so on and so forth. We can re begin to retell the story of who we are and we use this knowledge to change our behavior and that starts slowly and it starts awkwardly. Uh, We try strategies for dismissing the evil that we've let in. We change bad habits. We ask angels to protect and guide us and at this phase we often have to get away from certain people too uh, that I would say are dark energy, dark forces in our lives but um, and environments, we have to get out of them sometimes. Important at this stage is that we, re- we refuse to focus on ourselves as victims. We understand that we have agency with God's help to change things. So we begin new practices from a psychological uh, perspective. You could say we rewire our brain and we grow our soul. We commit to stepping up in the spiral. Of our life to a new level so that's the second phase that would be when we're really seeking to change and we're taking the baby steps to make a difference to be to, to move in a different way in our life the next phase is that we need to actually make the shift We can feel uh, God working through us. We can feel a presence of something outside of ourselves. We know that we're not making these changes just by ourselves, And we see a real transformation in our life. We're more compassionate towards others. And we begin to be able to see the world through the eyes of others with respect and empathy. While the last phase, that phase of kind of making those awkward first steps and studying ways to do it, is kind of in our head, this phase moves into our heart. Our personality literally changes. We are kinder, more caring, more complex, more forgiving. And we are more at peace. At this phase, our compassion guides us. We do the right thing now, we do a new thing now, but it's not a hassle, it's not a burden. It's what we want to do, we're comfortable with it. It becomes who we are, becomes a new instinct. We're very open to the truth. Living as a a better person, a more evolved spiritual person becomes easier and we develop a higher degree of resilience for the challenges that will continue to face us. And there's some theory and thought that as you keep doing this process and keep growing as you get to the next mountain the intensity of the challenges or the temptations and the conflicts increase so they'll get tougher and you'll grow tougher in response. Um, but the good news is in this space we are comfortable in, in, in doing good. We're transformed and we're more resilient. So these are three steps that are very common through many faiths uh, to developing spiritual resilience. It starts with being aware, which is the hardest part, because we work very hard not to be aware. It moves to a desire to really grow. We really take the baby steps. We seek and learn knowledge about how to do it. And then finally, we are changed. We are transformed, but by through the grace of God. And we know it's through the grace of God. We know we didn't do it. We don't come through it saying, boy, I was really good at that spiritual transformation. I'm so proud of myself. We're actually more humble, and we're much less judgmental of other people. This cycle will continue through our life many, many times as we develop spiritual growth and spiritual resilience. This resilience is the most important resilience I think a person can develop, because one, the soul is eternal. It's the eternal part of who we are. And it also is very important because it gives us meaning and purpose that we desperately need to live a full life. So as I often ask, how can Church of the Holy City play a role in helping this next generation become more aware of spiritual resilience? Well first we need to teach that this concept even exists. Um, In our discussions on the board and in other activities we've discussed the idea of podcast on this topic Uh, completely focused with younger people asking questions and I do believe that would be a very good ministry for our church and something we should explore because we are spiritual beings developing spiritual resilience is going to be a key lesson for the rising generation without it it will be very very challenging and very anxiety provoking. So in these tough times and they are crazy times we're blessed to have access to this knowledge that we can tap into forces greater than ourselves to guide us support us and knowing that God is always with us and we're taught that at those moments when we feel God is furthest away that God is closest to us this doesn't make going through life's challenges less likely it just means that when we travel through these difficult times we can have a peace that passes all understanding. So may God bless you in the conflicts and challenges that you face, but know that you're not alone and know that you are working to transform to your greatest self. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Spiritual Resilience Podcast with Reverend Rich Taffel. We invite you to reach out to us with your questions and comments, as well as proposed topics for discussion. Sending you love and light. Till next episode.